Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Um, oh, let's see. I think we had Trey and Gilbert we were talking to last. Good morning, Trey. Hey, Brian. So my first question, then we got cut off quickly, was yeah. the Italian cypress. You said to plant it in sometime in September. That would be a better time, Trey. And when you're planting Italian cypress, they don't make a great screen hedge close together. Okay. If you plant them here individually, they don't have as much problem with spider mites. But, you know, if you're looking for something for a screen hedge that's going to be close together, I wouldn't recommend them. Yeah, it wasn't something like that. It'd be like one corner of one yard one, and then the other corner of the other yard okay. separate from each other. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll do much That'd better. That'd be fine. Way. Sure. And then the other question I had was, um, I have a Pluvaria druma. Mm-hmm. And I know they get can be big trees, but how do you keep them from the frost if you're going to deal with that issue here in Gilbert? No pruning. <laughs> you know, we haven't had the hard freezes in recent years that we have in the past. And the one right. down, you know, the one fault to plumeria is they'll take all the sun, but it's freeze. So you'll definitely have to protect them. And, you know, when they go dormant, what a lot of people will do is prune them back and pull them under a patio. So if you keep them growing in a container versus growing in the ground, then they're mobile. And you can just put them to sleep on a patio, leave them for the wintertime and bring them back out when it gets warm. But when they get I mean, they, they can get real big, can't they? Right. So you'll prune them back. You'll have to keep them maintained to be able to protect oh. them. You know, and the thing is, if we grow them up into a full-size plumeria, it can make a 15-foot tree. Uh, it's difficult to protect. Now, you still could. You know, you could go out and put frost cloth over it. And you could put some heat lamps in there, just some regular old, you know, cheap light bulbs that kind of they don't sell much anymore that generate a lot of heat. And, uh, you know, you got to keep them pretty much above freezing. They'll freeze at about 30. So you'd have to keep them fairly warm. And, you know, then all it takes is one cold night and they'll melt. Gotcha. So then, okay, I was going to put that in my front yard because I had a tree die in the front yard. I'm going to take, I'm obviously going to pull that out. I was going to put the plumeria drummer in the yard, but you're saying just keep it away so you can take care of it throughout the year. It's much what easier to maintain the container, yeah. Right. What would, what would be a good tree to plant? And not a plum and not a, not a citrus because I can't mm-hmm. do it in my front yard. Sure. What would be a good tree to plant in my front yard how in the l- next couple months? How large you want it to grow? Um, I mean, I put a mosquito in there, but I, I, they're so dirty and they're so messy. Okay. So if you want clean trees, there's some there's different options. If you want a big tree, okay, you could plant an ash or a pistachio, like Chinese pistachio, or not as good. The red push pistachio is better. Fantex or Fan West ash. Those trees drop leaves one week a year. The rest of the year shed nothing. If you want an evergreen kind of a canopy tree that you can make a nice form out of, you might look at a Swan Hill olive, which is a fruitless olive tree. So while it's going to drop a few leaves, 
use on a regular basis, it'll never be bare and it won't have the fruit. It might have a little fruit, but not much fruit. And uh, we'd be clean from that standpoint. Um, you know, live oaks are very popular as well. And the live oaks are a hardy, you know, semi-evergreen tree. They'll drop their leaves in March when they're putting out uh, the new growth. They'll drop about the same time. But that would be a hardy tree. And uh, and all those trees can be set up and you know, it's fairly low water with a good deep irrigation. And you take advantage of the soil you have in Gilbert, which retains more moisture. Um, pines or any suggestions with pines? Pines are messy. I mean, pines do very well yeah. there. You can grow Alderica's, Aleppo's, Roxburgh's, Italian Stones. All those pines can make very handsome trees here. You know, and personally, okay. I, I really do like pine trees. But, you know, if we're talking about litter with, with age, pine trees are going to have a fair bit of litter, especially in the summer when they're changing needles. Right. And those could be, any of those trees that you mentioned, all the ones you mentioned could be planted here in the next couple of months. You can plant, yeah, really the, for most plants, des, you know, desert plants like mesquites and palms and citrus, this is the best time to plant. But for traditional okay. trees like the pistachios, oh, the olive trees now it's fine too. But uh, the best time to plant them is probably late September, early October. So we're just right around right. the corner. For all the deciduous trees, uh, that's the best time to plant of the whole year. Great. Okay, appreciate it. Thanks, Dre. Come out and see us at the nursery. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up we have, we got to get the right order, Stephanie and Chandler. And then we have Earl and Karen. But if you'd like to be up after Karen, the number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Good morning, Stephanie. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a pomegranate bush, and I probably have had it for well over gosh, almost 10 years now, and it really hasn't grown. It's basically about two and a half feet tall. Um, it was getting fruit on it, um, ornamental, I guess, and, but it's not, uh, there's no fruit now. It's just basically just there. And I fertilized it recently and still nothing for the most part. So I wanted to ask what I could do about that to maybe get that to look a little more hardier. Well, it's a dwarf pomegranate, so they are quite hardy. I mean, that's why it's survived for so many years. If it's not flowering, it's probably not getting enough sun. Maybe a tree has gotten larger and shaded it or something because it should flower. And they thrive on neglect. I mean, pomegranates can be watered once every two weeks in the summertime, and they'll be happy. And they really don't require much fertilizer. But if it's not getting enough sun, it won't bloom and set the little mini fruit on it. Okay, because it's on the north wall. Mm-hmm. We have a raised flower bed back there. Uh-huh. And the dirt in the flower bed has been there for almost 30 years, over 30 years, since my husband, you know, put it there, the uh-huh. our raised flower bed. And it's about 75 feet long, this raised flower bed, and about five feet deep. So um, that was my next question. If we need to basically change some of that dirt out when we go to plant some new things, because we had a Lady Banks rose back there that was over eight feet wide and six feet tall, which is gorgeous, but it just died. And it got really super woody, so we cut it back, but it's not it didn't survive, so we pulled it. And just wanted to see um, if, and I don't even know what the, the correct term for a Lady Banks rose is, but, you know, we really liked that particular plant because it just, you know, when it bloomed, it was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. 
It's got that and, three weeks uh, a year. It's the prettiest thing there ever was. When we used to do TV commercials, I used to take the Lady Banks roses and cut the sprays off and lay them across the flower tables because no flowers we had in the nursery were ever as pretty as Lady Banks rose. Um, so Lady I, Banks I mean, rose is a very hardy plant. Uh, the hard part you have mm-hmm. is it's being on the north side, so you don't get a lot of sun except for in the heat of the summertime. And, and that's why mm-hmm. you're not going to get as much color in the north side. As far as building your soil back up, you know, if you'll just amend it, the soil that it's in there if it's pretty full in the bed should be fine and you can just fertilize mm-hmm. and build the soil back up so if you wanted to really help it you could throw some gypsum if you wanted to when you replanted you know into the soil and then just go ahead and use a good balanced fertilizer and should be able to grow just about anything there that would grow you know grown forever and then soil doesn't really get depleted you know much beyond that point and um you know, it's just a matter of picking things out that work. But the hard part with the north side flower bed is to get color because it is the north side of the house. A uh, plant that will do very well in that location and bloom in the summer, but not in the winter because it'll be shaded, would be a Miami Supreme Gardenia. And that one has a beautiful, fragrant white flower and can grow as high as the eaves and uh, is, is easy to grow. But you're only going to get the bloom there in the summer because it's on the north side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we have an ironwood mm-hmm. um, that's there as well. That's in the raised flower bed, and and it's what thirty six years old, and it's huge. It's it's a beautiful specimen. Well, so and that's, that's, and, that's and that's why your pomegranate doesn't bloom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Gotcha. So you're gonna yeah, have a, you're gonna have a real mm-hmm. hard time though getting things to flower underneath that ironwood if it's that big. Underneath the ironwood, but probably planting things that are sens- uh, sensitive to the sun, we could put there for the most part. Well, you can plant things like penstemons, which are you know basically going to come up and, and bloom in the spring. There, there's a lot of different plants you could put. There's a Mexican honeysuckle, which will bloom fairly well in the shade. Um, so you'll find some varieties that will bloom in the shade, but you're never going to get okay. the brilliant color that you would in the full sun. And the pomegranate really for it to bloom and and thrive needs more sun gotcha so then also we also do put um we have pots a lot of pots and we put peppers in them we've shown that can we start uh growing them in the pots now absolutely keep them in the shade or should we wait peppers will grow in the full sun almost all summer long so but you could you can have them in part shade in the summertime but they really do like a lot of sun to bloom and you know if you want to grow a pepper for peppers you want to bloom so it needs a lot of sun okay Thanks, Stephanie. (laughs) Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Let's see. Next up, we've got Earl in North Phoenix. Hi, Earl. Hey, Brian. Thanks for taking my call today. I got a quick question about a lime tree. Uh I uh, I put a new lime tree in last year. It's about a year old or so since it's been in the ground. And I've just been looking at it lately, and it's it's looking a little wilty. Um, You know, I give it water, and then it uh, looks fine for a day or so, and then it gets wilty again. Uh, Are lime trees something that needs or requires a lot of water? Well, when they get becoming established, how long have you had it planted? Again, I've had it in about a year. It's uh, next to a... uh, um, I have the lime tree next to a lemon tree, which I also planted about a year ago. I wanted them sort of to grow together, if you know what I'm trying to say. Is it a bear's so, lime uh, or a Mexican lime? It's a it's a it's the bear bear's lime. Yeah, it's not near as hardy as the lemon, and bear's limes, okay. you know, really don't do very well here. You're better off if you oh, want a, you want a lemon lime. Plant a Mexican lime in there, even if you start with a small one by your lemon, and those two will be oh. very compatible, and you'll get a lot more fruit, and the tree will live you know thirty, forty years instead of four or five, and be a lot easier uh-huh. to grow. Bears, bears, limes just don't thrive in our climate. 
Now I should have got the Mexican lime. Yeah, you know, make sure if you get the Mexican lime, get the ones that's real thorny. The thornless Mexican limes don't have much fruit. So if you want a lime to be a good lime and have a lot of fruit, plant a Mexican lime and make sure it's like a tumbleweed, has thorns all over it, and you'll get a plethora okay. of fruit. All right. Well, that's what I think I'm going to do. I'm going to I'm going to baby this one and see how it does. But if it if it sort of you know dies on me, I'll get the Mexican one that you're talking well, about. Well, the, the, right. the sooner you mur- murder it, the more limes you'll have. <laughs> All right. I'll, All right. Uh, I'll take your advice. Thank you, Brian. Good luck, Earl. Bye bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have a line available. The number to call 602 277 5827 277 KTR. It's Brian and Shira here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Yeah, we have Julie Levin in the news, too, uh, this Sunday morning from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM KTAR. the phones the lines are full we've got karen and phoenix as one's gone one's open the number to call 602-277-5827 good morning karen hey good morning thanks for taking my call this morning um i have a woodpecker problem with my queen palm um there's three large holes in it now is that a danger to the to the palm um do you have starlings nesting in it or woodpeckers Woodpeckers, I see them. Yeah, they. Yeah, <laughs> well, they look like they, woodpeckers. They're, they're protected. Yeah, and they, they, you can tell with a woodpecker by the way they fly. They swoop down. They have these big swoops. And then yeah, they, yeah, yeah, that's them. And yeah. so that's a Gila woodpecker. They're probably nesting in there right now. They do uh, weaken the tree, you know. And um, how's the queen palm health look in general? Good. Does she's it? Good. Like, okay. She's good. Whatever. Yeah, she's beautiful. <laughs> I'm just really concerned. Well, does it have seeds? It could be a he or a she. There's males and females. But no, at any rate, um, how long has it been in there? Oh, through the years, noticing more whole, well, three total now, maybe mm-hmm. a fourth coming in now, um, pretty high up. I put the tinsel on there, the glitter, and no, that doesn't work. 
No, you can um, you can basically you know fill it with an inert material, like you could even use okay. concrete inside of it later on. Oh, and, uh, okay. But they may just make a new hole in it if that's their favorite spot. And uh, they do have a cycle in now. We're not supposed to hunt the Gila woodpecker. It's a protected species here in Arizona. Okay. And, uh, you know, not that there's not plenty of them, but they are a protected species. So you kind of caught in this quandary. And, um, you know, you can wire around it with like rabbit wire so it won't go through and it it can't penetrate the rabbit wire. Uh, they're pro- probably okay. just finishing up their nesting season. You might just observe them. And if the little guys are gone, you could take rabbit wire, just wrap it around. The nice part about that, it's pretty much the same color as the tree trunk. And you really okay. won't see it up there much. And that would be something kind of easy to do. Oh, thank you so much for that advice. Good luck, Karen. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Brenda and Gilbert. Hi, Brenda. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a fig tree out of control. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 15 years old. I get the SRP irrigation, and I do that regularly. I uh, fertilize regularly. And in 15 years, I've only had it severely, I guess what you call severe, trim. Mm-hmm. And so last year, I had four foot taken off from the top, thinned it out some. It's come back with a vengeance. It's at least 12 feet high and from tip to tip, 15 feet wide. Well, that's not even bad. I mean, I was expecting it to be 25 by 25. No, figs grow pretty darn fast. And realistically, if you want to grow them to harvest more fruit, you'll probably want to butcher them back just about every winter. And the time to cut them is when they're dormant, like in January. And you can reduce its size as much as you like. You can reduce the number of trunks. You know, that time of year, you can prune it any way you want to. But if you wanted to grow it, you know, and keep it at eight to ten foot tree, so you can harvest more figs, I would recommend butchering it. You know, pretty much every year in January. Okay, that was my mistake by not keeping up with it because now it's just like this. It's beautiful. I mean, it's gorgeous, but it's just big. Um, another question about that fig tree: um, most people that I talk to get two crops a year. Mm-hmm. I get a beautiful crop in the spring, and then when my fall crop comes, the figs only get little teeny bitty hard and they just fall off what does that mean well it depends on the variety brenda there's there's some like the mission blacks will have three or four crops here but the best way to fertilize it when you're when you're butchering it this winter uh go out uh-huh. and pick up a bag of uh, steer manure and work it i in do a, that do yeah. you because the steer manure is really yeah, good I, for figs i am vigilant with that tree because i love figs mm-hmm. but um it is what i call a blonde fig and honestly right. i don't even know what kind of fig that is it it just it stays kind of green and it just kind of barely turns mm-hmm. and gets soft so i don't know what kind of fig that is well you may add a cousin for it and put a put a mission black in there you know there's some other varieties that are going to be a lot more prolific and have a better crop yeah that's probably what I need to do is plant another one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just just because that one's not enough, but you will you'll, we'll get a lot more figs off some other varieties. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 I have to fight with the birds, of course, every year. <laughs> well, the birds, you know, it was fun. My my wife for the first time made fig jam this year, and we've got a fig tree that I'm surprised yours is that small. Our fig tree, and I, I have a variety at home that I'm not sure exactly what it is either, but uh, it's massive, you know. And I, and I butchered it two years ago, and. Um, oh. This this winter, it's in trouble because I'm going to get it big time this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. Thanks, Brenda. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Jody and Mesa. Hi, Jody. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. 
Um, I have two pistachios, a male and a female, and they've been planted for five years. They're healthy. They look great. They're in my front yard. Plenty of fun. No flowers whatsoever. Okay, so these are fruiting pistachios? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so you bought them as fruiting pistachios. Yes. Okay, so the the female, I take, it's a hideous little tree. It's not hideous, but she's smaller than the other. Yeah, yeah it should be much smaller and just kind of misshapen and just they just that's how they grow, but they produce wonderful fruit. Um, you know, the biggest mm-hmm. problem here we have with pistachios, why are they not grown here commercially? It's not cold enough. And uh, that's why they're oh. grown mostly down by Wilcox. And we just don't mm-hmm. have enough chill hours for them. Um, over in Queen Creek, there was one grove that used to do fairly well, but we used to freeze every winter in Queen Creek, too. And we have it like in four mm-hmm. or five years. So it takes cold weather for pistachios to make a crop. And you're probably just not getting enough chill. Okay. And there's not All much. Right. That know, makes sense. Yeah, you could pack it nice and do different things and try, but it's really probably not going to work very well. Okay. Well, then that makes sense. I still love them. They're, they're a beautiful tree. I well, like them. <laughs> well, and then, you know, the push pistachio, which is basically the rootstock that was used for commercial production originally, um, has become one mm-hmm. of our most popular trees because pistachios are gorgeous trees. But usually the females are they're so much smaller and kind of just an odd form, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she's a little... Little, like she is littler, but oh. and yes, she does have a bit of a uh, her her um, arms are all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jody, enjoy your trees for trees, and uh, you'll have to buy your pistachios down in you know a different county. Go down to Wilcox. Yeah, okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Uh, let's see. It looks like we're going to take a short break here and find out what's happening in the world. We have Julie Levin, and she's coming in the newsroom here. It's going to be active, and we'll find out what's going on. In the meantime, we do have a line open, the number to call, 602-277-5827. You can give Sherry a call here on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3 FM, KTAR. Sleep on the floor by the Lumineers, and um, well, ASU started up again this week, and 
I figured it would be fitting to play one of my favorite homework songs. It's pretty chill. And <laughs> it's real on the background and stuff. So there you go. Oh, that homework stuff. I'll tell you, it's just, uh, it's inevitable. Anyway, welcome back, folks. Beautiful morning out there. And we've got uh, the lines all full, so we'll get right to the phones. As one's gone, one will be available. The number to call is 602-277-5827. 277-KTAR. Paul and Glendale, good morning. Good morning. I have two oak trees in my front yard. One of them gives acorn or has acorns on it, and the other one doesn't. The one that doesn't, coming from the ground, is like sucker, like come just like sucker growth coming from the ground, and we can mow it, and it's about fifteen feet all the way around. But it keeps coming back. Is there anything that we can put on that so that it doesn't? Shoot up. You know, Paul, I don't know a good way to do that with those when they're suckering like that on the oaks. Um, I know I've seen it on oaks and African sumacs both, and uh, they're basically coming up off the roots. You could probably go through and dig this. Is it in lawn or rock or what's around it? It's it's a rock. Okay. And so, you know, you might be able to take this winter and go through and dig all those surface roots out around that tree and cut them all the way back and, and change your watering cycle to where you're watering. You know, an oak tree is pretty darn drought tolerant. So if you're watering it once every two weeks, you know, it's plenty in the spring and the fall. Once a week is more than it even needs in the winter. You could even go to watering it once every two weeks in the uh, summertime and it would be fine. But I think if you go through and just dig all those roots out, you might have a better shot. Or if it doesn't work, you probably have to change the tree. Okay. Thank you very much. Good luck, Paul. Bye-bye. Uh, next up, we got Gino and Anthem. Hi, Gino. Hey, uh, I was wondering, is this a good time of year or is this the best time of year to plant oleanders? Uh, you're kind of cutting up. But, Gino, oleanders you can plant any time of year. This is a great time to plant them. You'll get more out of oleanders, a lot more growth by planting them now instead of waiting till October. Well, they don't really need a lot to get started, and they once they get started, they'll feed on just about anything. So even like a 21-7-14 lawn fertilizer after they're established. But on newly planted ones, you probably wouldn't want to fertilize them for the first couple weeks. Thanks, Gino. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Brian in Paradise Valley. Good morning, Brian. Hi. Uh, good morning. Uh, I have about, I don't know, 20 or 30 mesquite trees, but there's a couple of them in the front yard that have bores in them. I just noticed them there, maybe an eighth of an inch to a quarter of an inch round hole, mm-hmm. and the bark pulled away from those portions of the tree, the branches are drying out, and then they break off. What's the best thing that's not too harmful to people uh, to uh, uh, attack those with? Well, the, the tree's natural defense, Brian, against the boars is to drown them in sap. So what happens, that tree got too dry at some point and the boars came in. Are you sure it's not a sweet acacia that it's a mesquite as well? Yeah, I'm sure it's a mesquite. Okay. So what you can do is you can prune out the dead wood if it's eaten up too bad. Okay. And then you can come back and treat the soil with a systemic insecticide like enaminochloropid. And that would be like okay. in a bear grub control or a boar control. And then give the trees extra water and give them extra fertilizer and they'll grow back out and, and, and regenerate and, and be healthy. Okay, what about the main trunk? You know, the main trunk on one of them, for instance, is probably uh, seven or eight inches across, Mm -hmm. and those 
holes are, you know, very obvious because of the fact that the bark is missing. Should I fill those holes with something? Well, that's not going to make as much difference. Truthfully, the tree can regrow from the cambium layer, which is the outside edge just below the bark, and it'll grow okay. back around and cover that wheat piece of wood down the road. But uh, okay. you, you've got to get after it. Now, the trees, like I say, it's big. It's defense mechanism on its own is fertilizer and water and drowning those guys in sap. You know, and so okay. if, by Can giving it extra water, now or should absolutely I wait? no. Fertilize it often and water often. Okay, but in okay. the meantime, and, and if you got the active boars, you'd want to treat them as well. Okay, and if I go to your store, I can just buy something to kill boars. Absolutely. Okay. Perfect. Yeah, and, and you, you can so feed much, it with Brian. any kind of fertilizer, whether it be citrus food or, or lawn food. Doesn't make any difference. But you know, if you'll feed it every two weeks and uh, give it extra irrigation water, heavy at least once a week, you know, the tree tries to defend itself. And when you hike around the desert, you'll see where the boars, you know, historically, like two years ago in the summer, we really dry. That they they've infested, you know, most of the mesquite trees around the state. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have we gotta get the right Rob and Tempe. Hi, Rob. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Please, a little direction. I really don't know what I'm doing, but uh, <laughs> I have a completely gravel yard and have been over the years battling weeds. Um, I was heard something about using table salt to permanently kill them. I wanted your thoughts on that or another direction I might be able to go. Okay. So do you have trees and plants in your yard, Rob? I've got nothing there, nothing growing except uh, in the spring, in the right in the middle, about 70% of the yard is taken over by these beautiful yellow poppies, mm-hmm. which my wife likes. So she doesn't want me to kill those <laughs> kill off the entire yard. But I think I can use this stuff and like I want to do it around the edges, around the carport. Okay, let, 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 let me give you a new plan, Rob. Okay. Please. Let's get a can of marker spray paint out, right? Right. And go out with your wife and mark out the area where you want the flowers to grow. Okay. Right. So just paint that pattern so we're going to make sure we don't get any pre immersion on there. And then if in September, and again, in February, you just go buy a regular pre-emergent, and it's like pendimethyl, and it's one variety, but just a regular pre-emergent. What pre-emergent does, it doesn't kill or ruin the soil, but it acts uh, as a little barrier, and it keeps the seed from germinating where you don't want them. So if you'll put it down in September and put it down again in February, you won't have any other plants germinating except for that flower patch. And uh, and that way you're not contaminating the soil with salt that could leach around and would cause long-term problems. You're not using any long-term sterilants or things that will be problematic for you in the future. In the meantime, if you have a lot of weeds coming up right now, just spray the weeds that are coming up with glyphosate, which is Roundup. Okay, it could be Roundup brand, another brand, but it's a very safe chemical that basically goes through contact, kills the weeds, and doesn't last in the soil like a lot of these others will. And don't be fooled by the price you might find an ortho product that might be cheaper that says it lasts for six months at a time. Stay away from all those because they can cause long-term problems that you don't anticipate. 
Thank you so much. What was the name of the first product again? Well, you want to use a pre-emergent. Okay, there's there's different ones. Okay, so a pre-emergent, what it does, it just keeps the seeds from germinating. Okay, so you put the pre-emergent down. You can get granular or liquid, either one, and you can put them around. You know, you just put it around, but mark out your area where you're going to make sure you don't put any down, so that you can preserve the area for your wildflowers to come up this fall. And if this weather continues, we have the best wildflower crop ever. Right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rob. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have Tony in Scottsdale. Hi, Tony. Hey, uh, Brian. Good morning. Morning. Hey. Hey. Uh, so uh, just a couple of things. I, I just, I, I've just i lived here since 95. I, li- I live right by Saguaro High School. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you've lived here a hell of a lot longer than I have. But honestly, this, 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 the weather this summer, this is just the best weather in the summertime I can ever remember. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, not ever, but this, and I don't remember when the last time, but I can remember one year that we had a, a fall, the first two weeks of uh, August was just like today. You know, we had two weeks of August. Wow. It didn't hit 100 degrees. Only once do I ever remember that happening. But, you know, that was a long time ago, and I was out digging holes and planting trees and doing more physical labor myself. So I certainly recall those times versus all the 115-degree days. But, no, this is, you right. know. Pretty fantastic. I mean, it's not unusual to have the monsoons, but to have the duration where the monsoons keep repeating themselves and we're just keeping the whole season up is just fantastic. Exactly. I just keeping the temperature down and I'm fine with the humidity. Anyway, I just this this is this is the first summer in a while where I've just really enjoyed it. Okay, so a couple of quick things. I heard you talking earlier. Basically, I'm going to re I haven't fertilized for a couple of months. And it it sounds like this is a great time to fertilize just about everything. Is that about right? That's true. Unless unless there's, you know, you wouldn't be out fertilizing roses right now, for example. So plants that really don't love the heat, you want to stay away from. And, you know, Cape Honeysuckles, I wouldn't fertilize, but bougainvilleas, yellow bells, sages, citrus, palms, desert trees, they'd love it. All right, so, I, so I'll, I'll fertilize all that. I do have some roses that I'll stay away from. Okay, and then I've asked you this before, and I think a couple months back you told me. So I, in the, in the, on my back wall, uh, which is uh, my uh, southeast corner of my property, back wall, I have this nook back there where it, it actually, it, it's up, I'm trying to plant up against the wall to get coverage. There used to be some tree, a tree from my neighbor there that gave me great blockage from my neighbor in back, but they, they took it all down. And I'm, I'm trying to grow some sort of a shrub, et cetera, that's going to grow up and give me, you know, give me cover from my neighbor in back. And I, I planted, um, I planted a bougainvillea, which is doing fine. Um, and I planted, but I, I, I killed an oleander and I killed a yellow bell and I'm, I'm looking for something that's going to grow up nice and tall. It's going to give me some, give me some nice color for that back, that back wall. The other thing is I have a big ficus that also throws a lot of shade in there. So it, it doesn't get a ton of sun, even though it's back on the south side. So you're just going to have to find a new favorite plant that'll like it. Um, but to get that tall, so you, but but I can't imagine your oleander and uh, yellow bell didn't thrive there. I know, right? I mean, uh, they, they should do fine. Yeah, kind of, kind of, and it's not real hot because uh, you have the big ficus. So we're just looking for a big green that, thing. 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly right. And um, now the the other question I have is, you know, the wall is like whatever five and a half feet tall or whatever. Should, should I be buying a plant that actually starts out above that wall? Well, normally that would be a very hot location. So I'm just trying to figure out what relationship this ficus has to that area. Oh, uh, well, it's it's a ficus. It's over by my pool. It's like about you know that it's a, honestly the the trunk on that ficus is uh, it's, it's it's about the, the the trunk is like eighteen inches or something. It's a big ficus. So Tony, is this area shaded most of the day then? It, it even though it's south side, it gets a lot of shade, Brian. Okay, so yeah, that that being the case, um, you know, we could look for and you want it to be eight to ten feet tall. What about putting like a little uh, Meyer lemon in there? Okay, that 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 would work. It'll, it'll grow ten uh, so feet not, tall. Not, You'll get a few lemons, and um, you know, should do fine. All right, and 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 if I put it up against the wall back in that corner, um, but up against the wall back in that corner, it should thrive as long as I fertilize it and take care of it. Right? It should. And the only thing that would normally worry about that corner is reflected heat. But if it's getting shaded in the afternoon by the ficus, then it doesn't matter. Okay, and you, you said it's called a Meyer lemon? Meyer lemon. It's a smaller lemon tree, which has wonderful fruit. We grow a lot of them commercially, but it's got a thin rind, very nice flavor to it. It's a cross between a mandarin and a lemon, and it easily makes a okay. 10 to 12-foot tree. All right. Well, we're uh, we're big lemon users over be, be, between bourbon and fish. We're big big <laughs> lemon users at our plate. All righty, you'll enjoy it. <laughs> Take care, Tony. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Brian. I'm headed over to your store now. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye bye. And uh, by the way, folks, we don't open. And Tony, we don't open till ten today. It is Sunday. We'll be right back after a short break with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. To dream the impossible dream. To bear with unbearable sorrow To run where the brave dare not go Right the unrightable wrong To love pure and chased from afar Question of pause to be willing to march into hell for a heavenly cause. And I know I'll only be true to this glorious land that my heart will lie peaceful and calm when I'm laid to my rest. 
description, but anyway, I want to take a minute and invite you out to Whitfield Nurseries. You know, Whitfields, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s and continuing today for four generations. If you need trees, any kind, any size, come out and see us. We deliver plant guarantee. We're licensed, bonded, and insured. No jobs too big, none's too small, and it's the perfect time to plant desert trees, citrus trees, palm trees. They love this humidity, and maybe it's a little hard on you, so we'll do the digging as well. From one 15-gallon tree you could take home, like a lemon tree for mom, to putting in a whole you know group of palm trees. Maybe you need 100 for development. Come out and see us at Whitfields. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale, East Valley, where Cooper, that's the same as Stapley in Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern Avenue. Now, today's Sunday. We're open from 10 to 4, Monday through Saturdays, 8 to 530. Whitfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here for Arizona's future. Uh, Gary, I think it's a, you're in Paulden, Gary? Yeah, okay. that's me. Yeah, she had you Gary and Paulson, so Paulden's a little different. Yeah. Until you've been up to Paulden, and not not everybody's been to Paulden. <laughs> no. No. Uh, uh, sweet acacias in uh, parking lot islands, they're getting, they're five years old, 10 inch across in the, on the trunks. Okay, so they, 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 these aren't growing in Paulden then? <laughs> No, okay. yeah, Tolson. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're starting to get uh, sunburn. Cake, you know, the bark is starting to look uh, baked on uh, on the west side. Uh, I've been letting the sprouts kind of cover these uh, burn spots. So I don't like the looks of the sprouts. We keep the trunks clean. Uh-huh. Well, it gets um, to be a problem, Gary. You know, the problem is, is when we get the, uh, you know, the sweet acacias, they're naturally more of a full bush plant. You know, call them with stashies in Mexico. And when we they prune them up high to go into a parking lot, you know, that trunk catches that southwest sun with a reflection off the parking lot. You know, they're going to burn. Now, probably healthier for them to be let the little sprouts come out three or four inches and shear the sprouts off. It's going to look like, a you know, a bad beard day, you know, pretty much. Uh-huh. It's going to be that way. But the tree has to protect itself. And unless you're going to wrap the trunk or protect it with some other form of, of protection, uh, I would wouldn't think the sweet acacias are going to really have a coarse enough bark to withstand that heat in a parking lot. So you're kind of caught with a tree that's just been pruned improperly, but almost by necessity because of the thorns of being in a parking lot. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know where you win. I think the stubbly beard is the healthiest for the tree. Not the paint. Well, you can paint them, and paint will help. And there is a there's a new paint we're supposed to try out that's a white reflective that uh, I haven't tried yet. I've been a little remiss in that that's being manufactured here in town that's almost like a roof coating. You know, it's a little heavier, and uh, oh. we need to try some out. But, you know, it, it whatever. I mean, it's just going to be really hard to get the protection that that tree needs. And, you know, it'll, it'll protect itself, but when it does, it's going to generate all those limbs and uh, unless you stubble them off they're going to take over the side of the tree well, um, actually, I just did the uh, southwest side with a cardboard uh, wrap maybe yeah, for yeah the, you could, you for could the do summer that. only then take it off for the rest of the year 
You could, you, you know, you could, you could do the Rapman burlap or something, but they they need protection. They're not getting on their own. Have a nice uh, weekend, Jerry. Thanks for calling. Yeah, hey, uh, you too. Bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Next, we got Debbie. Then Dennis. We could probably get one. Uh, no, we probably can't. <laughs> Debbie. Good morning. Hi. How are you? Great. Hey, I have a question. I have a oleander tree, which obviously was at one time an oleander bush that they're grown into a tree. Uh-huh. And down at the bottom, it's getting those runners. Is uh-huh. there something I can paint on those runners to stop them from growing? Uh, no. <laughs> oh. Not really. <laughs> I mean, it's almost like Jerry's problem with the, the other trees. But what happens is when oleanders get big like that and the sun comes down and hits the, the base, you know, it's trying to protect itself. And uh, it's oh. and so you can, you're, you can prune them off. If you make clean, you know, cuts and if you seal them with tree heel, you may get less of the buds forming down in the bottom. But if the tree in that portion is exposed to the sun, you know, it's pretty much trying to protect itself oh tree heel well tree heel is like a tar type substance so if you if you make a clean cut and you seal it with that instead of leaving the edges you know exposed with without sealing Uh then you won't get as much budding around the edge of the cut that you made okay so that'll slow it down some but the reality is the tree's trying to protect itself from the sun it's naturally grows as a bush and it's just like the sweet acacia with the last call you know here in our sun is trying to protect itself so you could also wrap the trunk and what we do Uh Like with our citrus trees, we have a wrap that goes around the outside that's black on the inside, white on the outside. And that basically eliminates a lot of the suckering and helps to protect the tree from the sun as well. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank I you. Try that. Okay, thank you. Uh, Dennis and Glendale, I'm going to have to take you off the air because we're out of time. And Shira's giving me the look like, okay, Brian, you got to wrap it up. So we're just going to tell you all have a beautiful weekend and, uh, you know, go over pile, dream the impossible dream. You know, one thing about being Americans here, the ability for us to dream and to work together and be a team are really special. And we want to help every young man and every man's dream and every lady for that matter, uh, to be the best they can, to do their best and to enjoy enjoy our climate and customs and uh, to bring their own customs to us so we can celebrate their life as well. We'll be back with you next Sunday. Enjoy your weekend and uh, enjoy this great weather. And any of you who can do, you know, rain dances, have at it because while the clouds are here, we can certainly use the rain.